0: you ever dreamed of becoming an interior designer? You don't want to go back to university. You don't want to work for a large firm, but you just don't know how to get started. You want flexibility. You want to pursue your passion and you want to make income. Well, you should definitely check out the Uploft Interior Design Academy. It's my proprietary program that I've used internally for years and have made available to the public. Not only do you get video modules that you can take at your own pace, but you also get one on one coaching sessions with me, group coaching sessions with our Facebook group of Academy students, and so much more. If you're interested, Get more information and sign up for an exploratory call with me at affordableinteriordesign.com slash academy. Once again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com slash academy. It's time to start living the life of your dreams. high-end designer, or a lot of money to get a luxe look, be your own interior designer. This is Affordable Interior Design, the podcast. Here's your host, Betsy Hellman. Halloween is right around the corner. How are you feeling about it? I personally love Halloween, always have. I'm not even a candy fan per se. I have a very minor sweet tooth, but I love getting dressed up. As you know, if you've listened to the past years around this time of year, you know my favorite thing to do at Halloween is to accompany my children to the door to make sure that they say thank you and don't take too much candy. That's what I pretend to be doing. But what I'm really doing is peeking in people's homes. I love to see other people's decor. I love to like look around houses that I drive by every day. Who lives here? What must life be like? Look at that light fixture. I'm always telling my kids, "Kids, this is where we're going. We have an agenda. Mommy needs to see inside these six houses and then you can do whatever you want." Speaking of whatever you want, Is it just me or are you finding it kind of disappointing? My kids just want to be costumes that they can find online. And my daughter for the past year, ever since last year, has wanted to be Jenny Weasley from Harry Potter. She was Hermione last year. And as soon as she finished Hermione, she's like, I'm going to be Jenny Weasley. And I say to her, aren't they like the same thing. And no, she needs a whole different costume. She needs a new wand. This year, she's going to have a wig. Okay. Okay. And then my son just wants to be whatever's in his size in terms of a Fortnite character that we can get in time. Very low standards. And also during this time when shipments are in flux and it's very hard to get different things and the limitations on what's actually available are pretty restrictive. Uh, I'm grateful that he's versatile, but I find it to be so uninspiring. When I was little, I made practically, in fact, let me just nix practically. I can't think of a single store bought costume I ever had. I made everything by hand. I was in a box more than I like to say. I was like dental floss. I was a die, you know, like in a set of dice, I was a die. I was um, a trash bag. I was a trash bag, I think, because I was trying to be a Garbage Pail Kid card and it went a little bit awry. Uh, Anyway, but I was constantly not only thinking of these ideas, but also executing these ideas. I mean, I would be working on my craft project for literally weeks leading up to the big day and I'd use the glue stick and buy construction paper and just get so into it. And now my kids just want to go online and click and buy. And it's true. The costumes are so much better than, than I could fabricate. And there's so many options that are truly available at our fingertips But we've gone from spending $5.99 on a cardboard box and scotch tape to like $59 for a cheap polyester thing they'll wear once and then maybe it'll go in the dress up bin. Maybe, right? So it just feels like um, Halloween has taken an even more commercial turn, which is a little disappointing. It's the same thing with Valentine's Day. Maybe I'm like super old school. I'm probably really dating myself, but I used to like hand make every Valentine for every classmate and make the little Valentine box out of an old shoe box and I bedazzled it with glitter and sequins and puff paint. Remember puff paint? And I probably just had too much time on my hands. Like nowadays, my kids are excelling and playing multiple sports and an instrument. And I was just sitting at home with three channels and nothing to do. So that could be it. Also, we were broke. So that that could be it. Well, there could be a number of factors, but I'm just mourning the difference between my kids' experience and my experience. And I'm trying not to get in the way with my own expectations, but um, I'm disappointed. And the only thing that's going to make me feel better is carrying around hot cider on Halloween night spiked with dark rum and peeking in people's apartments and homes while I take my kids around trick-or-treating. There we go. That's a little insight into my mind. I hope you guys and your families are getting ready to have some fun this Halloween. Without further ado, let's launch into our mailbag. Speaking of mailbag, if you want to write me, if you have questions, don't hesitate. Send them to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. All right, let's dig right in. My first question comes from Stacy. Stacy wrote last week with a very good question and lots of great pictures. And again, she's writing. And again, I'm going to say the name of her town wrong. It's either Placerville or Placerville but hopefully it's one of those two and let's answer Stacy's question. She writes, Hi Betsy, you said your mailbag's running low, so I thought I would send another question. I previously wrote in about my new living room in the country. This time it's about the dining room. I love the view. I don't want to block it. Should I put window treatments on these windows? I'd also love your thoughts on the dining table. The previous owners left it and I'm not sure if it's something special that I should keep or if I should let it go and get something else. It has two additional leaves and it can seat up to 12 people. The chairs seem really large in the room and the cushions are old and flat. I thought about keeping the table and getting new chairs or potentially painting the table or just using a tablecloth or just keeping the natural wood. What to do? Last question, do you think there's room in this space for me to add a hutch, a cabinet, or something along the wall to the left of the dining table? Or is that going to make it feel too cramped? The ceilings in this room are eight feet high. And in my previous submission about the living room, I forgot to add, those ceilings are nine feet high. Thanks. I appreciate any questions you can fit in. All right, let's get down to it, Stacy. So I'm scrolling through your pictures and let's... T- Start with your question that came up first, which is about window treatments. So you do have beautiful views. I'm looking at these majestic windows and I can see evergreen trees and rolling hills and it looks like mountains in the distance. I have no idea where Placerville or Placerville is, but I want to visit there just from looking out the view in your windows. Now, one of the windows is a sliding door. And I don't always treat sliding doors, even though sometimes I do. What I let determine whether I'm going to treat a sliding door or not is if I need privacy. And in your last email, you mentioned that you don't need privacy. Maybe this is so deep in the country that there's no neighbors around and just rolling hills for days. That's what I'm imagining for you, Stacey. So we don't need privacy, we don't need light filtration. What I do then is I ask myself, how am I treating the other windows in this room? Because if I'm going to dress the other windows, I should probably dress the slider. Like I do it 60% of the time if I've dressed the other windows with drapes. I'll do a similar treatment. Now, looking at the pictures that you shared with me, the other window is actually I can't tell if it's a window at all. It looks more like a pass-through. And the reason I'm thinking it's a pass-through, which could be erroneous of me, I'm thinking it's a pass-through, which is a cutout in the wall that kind of leads to another room but isn't truly a window. And oftentimes it has a ledge where you can put stools. And that's what's tipped me off that this might be a pass through, Stacey, is because there's a very deep ledge, like an overhang of sorts. It's too thin to be an extension of a countertop, but it's like a piece of wood that extends not only outside this pass-through or window by about 8 inches on each side, but also in front of the window. It's like a really deep windowsill, and it's probably like 8 to 12 inches extending from the wall out into the room. It's almost deep enough that it looks kind of silly to not have a stool underneath, but then it kind of would look silly to have a stool because it's not really counter thickness and there's not a lot of room in the space to pull out both your dining chairs and stools. And also you have a vent right under this window, a floor vent that of course would be a real problem if you had stools that were over top of it. Because when you push back and forth, you'd be on that metal grill. So I, long story short, would not put any drapes on that pass-through strange window because those drapes are going to have to go around or over or next to that big sill that's poking out. And it's just going to exacerbate how awkward that is. In fact, if this were my place, I would probably just shave that down so that it's flush or just an inch past the window box. Now, if it was shaved down, I think that adding drapes to that pass-through and on the slider would be very interesting because I hate to say it this way, Stacey, but otherwise the room really isn't that interesting. It's small, it doesn't have much going on, and it's kind of in between these other rooms. So I do think drapes would warm it up and give it some visual interest especially because it's kind of open to these other rooms. So I typically love to paint a dining room in a surprising color to really give it some gravitas and make it just feel quite unique. But in this case, it's so open to other areas of the home that you'll have to continue that paint color or stop it arbitrarily, which would look strange. Okay, so... There's that answer, right? You're going to dress it with drapes if you shave down that weird sill extension. And if you don't shave down that weird sill extension, well, you're not going to add any drapes to either window. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Are you a fan of this podcast? To answer your question about the hutch, the server, the other piece, what you want to do is you want to measure all around the table, 30 to 36 inches, everywhere where you hope to have chairs. In other words, if you don't plan on having chairs at the head and the foot, you wouldn't have to worry about doing 30 to 36 inches there. But most people have head and foot chairs, and in your pictures, indeed, you do as well. So basically, you take the table measurement, say it's 42 by 72, right? Right. 42, 72, I'm just writing this down so I can do math. Then I add 30 inches on each side. So 42, I would add 30 plus 30 to take care of each side. So I'm adding 60 inches. So that's 102 72, I'm adding 30 plus 30. Oh my gosh, I'm at the end of my math skills. That's 132. That is the bare minimum for chairs to push out without feeling tight. I like 30 to 36 inches, and I just did the math on 30 inches because I could do that math more quickly. Now, if you have enough room for 30 to 36 inches for those chairs to pull out, And you have at least 24 inches left over on that one side, the wall you're hoping to put the storage piece, I would say go ahead and do it. Because a storage piece, if it has doors or drawers, is going to be between 15 inches and 21 inches deep. We want to make sure that when you pull out that chair, you're not going to hit that storage piece. So if you do have an extra 24 inches to spare after you allow for that 30 inches on the one side, I'm more than happy for you to get a serving piece. People do not realize, but interior design is a lot of math. So while I love the beauty and the artistry of picking out colors, patterns, artwork, etc., I also really love that there's almost always a mathematical answer to what I should do and how I should do it. I love answers. I love yes, no, black, white, gray area for me is just um, indecision. All right. And speaking of indecision, you weren't sure if you should keep this table. I will tell you right now, this table has a lot going on. It's ornately carved not only on the lips surrounding the table but also these legs are quite intricate. They not only have like some filigreed carvings, some curves. They also have like some metal inlay. There's a whole lot of look going on here. So you have to ask yourself, does the look of this table reflect my style? Because it is a dominant piece. This is not a wallflower. This piece has a lot to say from pretty much every angle. Also, it is a mid tone wood, which seems to go really well in the room. You have mid tone wood floors, but is that the color of wood that you're going to be using for other furniture pieces? If you're going to be using espresso wood or light birch wood in the adjacent living room, well, then. Because it's so open, it is going to look out of place to have this mid-tone wood table. What I wouldn't do is I wouldn't use the corresponding chairs. You know I hate a matched set. Interior designers don't want things that came together in a set. They want things that go together and were curated to work well together, but weren't just, you know, I'll have page 34 of the woodworker's catalog, right? So for me, the chairs are really bringing the room down because they're so ornate and carved themselves that it's just too much. It's just too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one or the other, and the chairs are really not my jam. So I'm thinking one or none. The table or none of it. But I would be more inclined to do, first of all, a rug to break up all that wood because a wood table on wood floors is just a lot of wood tone, especially if it's a similar tone. So I would definitely want you to get a rug And then I might do like leather chairs that you could easily wipe off, especially if you have young children, but that could provide a contrast not only of color, but also of texture because leather is not a texture that you've used in this room yet, as far as I can tell. So there we go, Stacey. I think I've solved all your problems because that's what I do. I just sit here on the airwaves and solve people's problems in my own small way. All right. Let's get to my next question. Next question, scrolling through the mailbag here. It comes again from Stacy. Stacy, thank you for filling my mailbag. And also, I love that you include these beautiful pictures so I can really respond, not just theoretically, but with lots of great detail. Because as you guys could probably guess, I'm a visual learner, right? I love to look at things. People can tell me things all day long, and I probably won't remember them. But show me a picture, and I will maintain those details for way too long. Yeah, I'll remember the carving of that table for a long time, Stacy. Long time. Okay. Let's get into it. Stacy writes, "Hi Betsy, the primary bedroom in my new house has an interesting ceiling situation. While a lot needs to be done to this room, this ceiling has me baffled. The previous owner turned it into a garage." Oh, I'm sorry, turned the garage into the bedroom. And to maximize the ceiling height, he created two areas with a tray ceiling. I think that's what it's called. The low parts of the ceiling are seven feet high. The tray ceiling above the bed is almost eight feet, and the other tray ceiling with the ceiling fan is about seven and a half feet. Ideally, I'd love to raise the entire ceiling, but that's not going to happen for a long time if it's even possible. In the meantime, how can I make this most visually appealing? Do I need paint? Should the different areas of the ceilings be different colors to accentuate the tray? I've seen that online, but I think it would just draw more attention to it. Should the entire ceiling be the same color? Well, how about the walls? I know the ceiling fan needs to go. Should I replace it with a chandelier? Or is seven and a half foot ceilings too low for that? Please help. Again, Stacy, you have included some really cool pictures that help to illustrate the situation. And yes, this room is unusual. So he definitely made some different choices and seven and a half foot ceilings are quite low. Uh, I'm kind of glad that's in a bedroom versus another room, like your living room or dining room, because it can feel cozy, womb-like, nest-like, a perfect place to snuggle up. It's not like you're, well, I mean, I don't want to surmise about your lifestyle, but you're probably not entertaining too many people in here. No judgment. No judgment. Um, So it's kind of nice to have this low, cozy retreat just for yourself. That being said, it's weird looking right? We can all sort of see if you're looking at the pictures on the show notes page or our YouTube channel that, you know, the description in the email doesn't even fully conceptualize what's going on here. The two tray ceilings are, what are they? Octagons, hexagons, and they are adjacent to each other. So it's kind of like this garage-like room, which really doesn't look like a garage anymore, but it has these two symmetrical ceilings right next to each other, these features in this sort of low-ish room. I think it was a very odd choice that he made, but I always encourage people to, you know, discover their artistry. In this case, what I would recommend, because sometimes the tray ceiling is coming from the wall, like sometimes it's, it's butting up against the wall when it starts to angle, versus just being strictly in the middle of the room. And also your tray is not deep. A lot of people have very deep trays, right? So if they did involve an accent color or something like that, it would really have a visual presence because there would be a lot of that color. It's deep. Got a lot of place to paint, right? Here you've got a very skinny little lip. I mean, it's only, I think you were referring to it as six inches deep. And he's inserted crown molding into the tray, which is just kind of next level. So here's what I would do I would paint the walls a color, right? Like whatever color you want to do. It doesn't have to be a Roy, B, Roy G. Biv color, it could be neutral, but something mid tone like something pretty intense, right? Then I would do two shades lighter than that as the ceiling color. So that first ceiling that you see, that lower piece of ceiling, would be a color that's two shades lighter than the wall. I would bring that up into the tray, curl it over the edge, right up into that interior crown molding. So that way that ceiling kind of continues into there. Then the crown molding would be the same color as the trim, which is, you know, the things that are around your ceiling, or I'm sorry, your um, windows and doors, right? And the shade of the door as well as that finish, which tends to be a shinier, glossier finish and tends to be a brighter version of white, right? So let's just say we use Benjamin Moore's atrium white. Then inside, at the very top, that highest ceiling inside the tray I would do a brighter pop of white than the trim so i would do like whitest white decorators white which has like an element of blue which can make it feel much crisper but something that's like super white so that way we can see the delineation so in this room we're using one color for the walls two a color for that first ceiling three a color for the trim And for a color for that inset ceiling at its highest point. I think that will help to make sense of what's going on because we can't ignore it. We can't paint it all the same tone and just pretend it's not happening even though that's kind of what I want to do. Uh, when it's here, we have to acknowledge that it's here, but in a graceful and sophisticated way. And in my mind, that's the most graceful, sophisticated way to deal with what's going on here. Uh, and yeah, I'm thinking the wall should be in neutral. So that way the ceiling's not like a pale blue, something like that. So yeah, neutral, uh, neutral. Uh, let's talk about the light fixtures, sitch, shall we? So only in one of these trays, and it happens to be the furthest one from the bed, not the one over the bed, there is a ceiling fan. Knowing that this room has shorter than normal ceilings, knowing that this is not over the bed, I would not do any sort of drop. I would make it a flush mount. It needs to be a flush mount that's kind of cute because it's in this trace ceiling. In other words, it's framed by the ceiling and the ceiling is drawing attention to this light fixture. So I do want the light fixture to have a little something going on. I want it to feel special. I want it to look interesting and I want it to be very, very close to the ceiling. No drop in seven and a half feet. Let's see. Did I tackle all these questions? You asked me, like, what else could you do to kind of help with the room? And when a room is lower than normal or when it feels kind of low, maybe because there's very chunky crown molding at the top, I love to add drapes because drapes draw your eye from floor that can go all the way up to the ceiling. And in this case, they should because your windows are practically hugging the ceiling. So I think drapes in addition to blinds would be a really beautiful way to add that splash of color since we know the walls are going to be a mid-tone neutral and also to draw your eye up and emphasize height in this short room. All right, guys. Now I was able to solve all of Stacy's problems. Would you like me to solve some of your problems? You know I can't deal with any of your Halloween costume dilemmas because I myself have surrendered on that front. And uh, child rearing, guiding them, teaching them to be more crafty. Again, not my forte. But if you have an interior design question, well, you know where to go. Affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast and if you'd like to help support this show we would greatly appreciate it so you can become a premium member for as little as $5.99 a month you can not only support this podcast but also access all of our bonus episodes because every month I release a special bonus episode exclusively for premium members where I take a deeper dive into what's going on with my own life, what's going on with the design projects I'm working on and I answer your premium questions. So check that out. Head to affordableinteriordesign.podcast. Uh, I'm sorry, affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast to find out how you can support us for as little as $5.99 a month. Everyone, have a very happy Halloween and I'll be talking to you next time. Bye. Bye.